is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Nat King Cole with Let There Be Love. Good morning. This is Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them every week, I very luckily and craftily bring along someone who's shaping the world of business. We call them business shapers. I'm really pleased to say my business shaper today is Jason Trost. And Jason is the founder and CEO of Smarkets. And they are a betting exchange and very clever too because you can bet against other people. That's the key thing you're going to find out about very shortly. In addition to hearing from Jason, you'll also be hearing from programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And then we've got the music, and it's a great mix today from the Shapers of Jazz, Blues and Soul. The one and only Dave Brubick is there, Sarah McKenzie is too, and so is this from the late, great Hugh Masekela. Hugh Masekela with Grazing in the Grass. Jason Trost is my business shaper here on Jazz Shapers. He's the founder and CEO of Smarkets. And as I said, they're a betting exchange. You get to bet against other people. The odds keep changing based on all sorts of stuff. Before we go any further, I think we need an explanation. Jason, thank you firstly for joining me. Tell me in your own words what Smarkets is for those people who won't have a clue. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It's it's great to be here. Uh, Smarkets is a place where people can bet against each other. Um, so it's interesting because in any marketplace, it generally drives the price down. So if you think about going to a sole trader versus a marketplace, if you think eBay versus the mall, usually you'll get a much better deal with eBay. The same is true in betting. So we have market forces at play. Uh, you have people placing bets for something, people placing bets against something, and ultimately the customer gets better value. So that's essentially what we do. We bring buyers and sellers of bets together and uh, let the consumer place bets as they wish. And for those people who are very sharp, they will notice that you are um, definitely not from here, probably from North America, probably from America. I am a proud North American, of the southern part of North America. I'm from America. You're from America. Um, how come you ended up setting up a business here? And this business, I believe, is now going into its 10th year, is Yes, that right? uh, it's been quite a journey. Um, the short answer is my co-founder was based here. So my co-founder is one of my best friends from university. I went to Northwestern uh, in Evanston, Illinois. And my co-founder was in London and said, uh, betting's uh, blowing up over here, but the technology is very, not very good. So, uh, so I quit my job in 
New York City and moved over. And, and you've done some interesting things. I mean, this is, uh, you know, as you look back, I was uh, wonderful researchers that helped me with these things. But there's a, there's a pattern that emerges. You've been in the world of finance. You're in the world of private equity. Um, you're in the global asset management division at UBS. You've been designing, implementing software, all sorts of stuff. And it, it strikes me that if you hadn't have done all those things, you would never have been able to get some markets off the ground. Is that probably true? Yeah. I, I, it's My background's interesting in the sense that it wasn't very prescriptive. So all the jobs I had, I kind of, they were opportunistic jobs. And I didn't set out, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't grow up thinking I wanted to be in finance. When I started my university, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, but during university, I didn't like the science classes very much and ended up falling into computer science. Uh, when I graduated with my degree in computer science, I still had an inkling to do finance um, because when I was a kid, I was a trader. I was a, we were very early users of Prodigy. Uh, Prodigy was a precursor to the AOL world. And one of the cool things about Prodigy, this is when I was in fourth grade, probably... Late Fourth grade is how old are you? I'm, no. I'm like eight, nine, I think. Okay. Late 80s, I would be placing trade, you know, for 100 bucks or something, nothing nothing substantial. But I always liked the idea of electronic buying and selling of stocks. And so when I graduated for university, um, I was a tra- I became a trader. And that's what kind of set me down this world of finance. I, didn't, I had no ambition to be in finance uh, as such. Stay with me to hear um, how the story unfolds for Jason Trost, my business shaper. He's the co-founder and CEO at Smarkets. Time for some more music. This is Astrid Gilberto with Take Me to Aruanda. That was Astra Gilberto with Take Me to Aruanda. Jason Trost is my business shaper today, co-founder of Smarkets. They're the betting exchange, which means you can bet against other people if that's the sort of thing that you like doing. Jason, um, so you started trading at the age of eight or nine. I sort of listened to that and go, oh, that's completely normal. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. talking here to a completely, completely average uh, young, young man in front of me. That then evolves into, as you said, getting into the world of finance. The idea for this business, though, um, tell me a little bit about how that came about, because it sounded like that was a slight left and a right rather than a, a linear path. Yes. Uh, so I had no interest in betting whatsoever. Um, it's largely illegal in the United States. So, um, you, you know, I never did it as a kid or never did it as an adult either, for that matter. Um, what really got me into this space was I, I was and still am very much into politics. I follow political news like crazy. I'm you know, mainly American political news, but I'm there's also... Not, there's not much going on at the moment. You must be really bored. <laughs> I'm, uh, I mean, well, I think we need to invent some news. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Brexit, so I know every, all the Brexit yeah. gossip. And well. we're not obsessed with Trump at all, either. I mean, you know, there's nothing There's nothing interesting either side of the pond, really. Donald Trump? Is that the... <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, you're, 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 you're absolutely a, a fan of politics. Yes, I'm a huge... Um, vociferous uh, reader of political news. And then um, being a trader, I came across this website that let you trade the outcome of the presidential election. This is back in 2004. And this, you know, I was enthralled as soon as I saw it. I, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen where you can combine electronic trading. You know, when I was a trader, I would trade these stocks that I knew nothing about, you know, some logging company in Oregon. Uh, when I was trading, I was obsessed with the numbers. You know, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Who's buying? Who's selling? Uh, but I didn't care too much about the underlying asset that I was trading. But uh, after I saw this website, uh, I realized you could trade the outcome of events, and indeed the outcome of events that I cared about. So not only could you have the electronic 
uh, the fun of the electronic trading, but you could uh, participate in something that you might have an opinion about or care about. And that's kind of that's what got me down this path towards uh, sports betting. So the the key interest was political betting, uh, and I still am keenly keenly interested in political betting. But uh, the reason we do sports betting is because that's the biggest application of event trading. But Smarkets really at its core, we're trying to become an event trading platform. So you could think of London Stock Exchange for trading events or NASDAQ for trading events, not Ladbrokes 2.0 or Bet365 mm-hmm. 2.0. We, we view ourselves more like a financial exchange that's that's has future events. Now, to create this kind of exchange, to build a business, and now you have quite a few people working for you in different countries that speak different languages and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. that takes a bit of doing. To go from the idea, and many of us have good ideas, how did you get it over the line, the start line, that is? The short answer is lots and lots and lots and lots of hard work and time, and uh, you know it was. I, I think for the markets, as you said, is is on year ten right now, and uh, for the first seven years, it was lots of graft, uh, and so I think the. I think a lot of times uh, people lionize founders of companies, but I, th- I think the short truth of it is oftentimes founders are crazy people. And I had this crazy idea that event trading should be very big in the future and that traditional sports betting companies are doing it wrong. So most traditional sports betting companies are entertainment companies. And I think of what we do as finance. And so this combination of sports betting is a massive market. It's uh, the uh, traditional incumbents treat it like entertainment and betting on events is very important. And so I was so obsessed with that idea that it, it pushed me to go through all the hard times, of which there were a, a lot of hard times. Stay with me to find out much more about the graft that Jason refers to. That's Jason Trost, my uh, co-founder and business shape, a co-founder of Smarkets, that is. That's coming up in a couple of minutes. But before that, some words of advice for your business from our program partners at Mishkon I'm Daniel Farrand. I'm an associate in the planning group at Mishkon part of the wider real estate department. One thing I see quite a lot of in terms of small business is queries about their accommodation. When you're setting up a small business, um, you you may even be starting from home. Now, a home obviously has planning permission to be a uh, a residential dwelling. Uh, So the planning system doesn't really work very well with mixes of uses or innovative uses. Local authorities tend to be fairly stick in the mud. So sometimes they can take some convincing that business activities from a home are merely ancillary to the residential use of the property, especially if you're starting to bring employees in, if your business is growing. As a result, uh, people starting a new business or developing and growing their business need to think very carefully about the kind of space they want to occupy and the kind of uses they want to undertake. It's always better to work that out in the first place. Try and find a business premises that suits you, or at least to address the issue with the local planning authority. The worst case scenario is an enforcement notice that can even prevent you running your business from your premises because it doesn't fit with the proper planning designation of that building. Uh, We've helped a lot of clients avoid that situation or defend themselves uh, in the unfortunate event that it happens. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. 
You're listening to Jazz Shapers here in 2018. I think we're in year seven. Um, started up back in 2012 and going great guns, I think. Um, I'm very lucky I get to meet people who are shaping the world of business who are founders of businesses. And if you've missed any of the previous shows, go into iTunes, put in the words Jazz and Shapers, you can find us there. Or if you're flying with British Airways in the near future, that's another destination for you. Jason Trost is my business shaper today. He's co-founder and CEO of Smarkets. They're a betting exchange. And Jason, we were talking about the eight or nine year old that was into trading you then move in you do various interesting jobs in finance no surprise there in a way and then you have this little epiphany and it's about events and it's about politics and it's yes the application's big in terms of other places but in reality the nub of the thought comes from wouldn't it be great to kind of have a position on whether ex-president or ex-person is going to win the presidency or not mm. those you mentioned it was hard graft were there any times in those early years when you just thought this is not worth it i'm done <laughs> uh, very, very many times, uh, yeah. And, and what kept you going then, if that was the case? Well, I, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I, I think it's that kind of craziness, that kind of single-mindedness that kind of keeps you going. Uh, it's that it's that idea of, you know, I was right at the beginning, I'm still right now. Do I have the energy and the time and the money to, to make it through to the other side? But I was always convinced there was another side. Um, I knew that, you know, there's the laws of gravity that can prohibit you from getting to the other side but uh but for 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 all sorts of reasons i uh i i kept pushing and where do you think that grit has come from is this anything to do with your upbringing in particular or did you have an easy time because sometimes people tell me there was great adversity i had this relationship with so and so and other times it's just like nope it's totally inherent uh per, i don't know i like to think i learned a lot of lessons from wrestling wrestling was my main sport as a kid i was captain of the high school wrestling team and, but I was never a natural. I've got to be nice to you, is what you're saying. Is otherwise, we, we could end up. It could be a kerfuffle. All wrestlers are nice people. Um, my uh, my brother was the one that got the athletic gene, and, but I got the kind of the uh, the competitive gene. Um, and so, so my main sport was wrestling, and it's uh, it's much bigger in the United States than it is in the UK. But wrestling is a very very tough sport. It's not like basketball or football or or even you know American football or soccer. Um, it's it's a competitive sport. You get your mat, your head pushed into the mat. You know, it's it's there's so much pain involved in wrestling. And I think a lot of my lessons through that taught me uh, lessons of adversity, uh, pushing through. I got my butt kicked uh, in front of all my friends and family many many times, and it kind of teaches you toughness in a way that other sports uh, don't teach you. I think. And in terms of the way you hire people, hmm. are you looking for people in your image, or are you I saying, wrestle them? You wrestle them. You say, "Listen, the, the, the interview is going to take a slightly strange turn here. We're actually going to here's a mat, here's your kit. I want to see how tough you are. I'm going to push your head into the mat, and we're going to see how you respond. This is the secret. You see, this is the thing you've never exposed um, before, but now you're right here doing it for me. But but seriously, those those people, is there that grit that you look for, regardless of technical competence, no, regardless of intellect? I don't, uh, because I don't think you want that many gritty people at the company. I want intellectually curious. people people the the personality type that i want the most is that person that when they discover a problem that they don't know anything about they don't stop and they keep going until they learn how to do it so a lot of times in technology there's a new language or technique that you don't know and i want to hire the people that teach themselves these things so we just did a big sponsorship of the jockey club i have a guy running a you know half a million dollar sponsorship half a million pound sponsorship that has no experience doing sponsorships and he's probably scared about that that chance because he's thinking, I don't have any experience doing this. And, uh, but what I like people to do is just jump into it, 
wrap your arms around it and learn as much as you can about that. So that's the the personality mm. type I, I look for the most. And in terms of those people, how would they talk about you? If you're if you're a fan of intellectual curiosity and you, as you said, you like the mixture, what are they going to say about Jason, the leader? <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I think they I think they know I'm tough. I think they know I can be hard on people, but they also know I'm I'm humane about it. So you know, I don't. I don't have a, an expectation that people won't make, make mistakes. Um, I try to push people hard, so they know I'm I'm competitive. But I think they think I'm competitive, but but fair. Stay with me for my competitive but fair, and I'm saying nice things here because he's a wrestler, and I don't want to get on the wrong side of Jason. That's Jason Trost, my business shaper today, co-founder, as I said earlier, and CEO of Smarkets. Time for more music. It is Mr. Dave Brubeck, as promised, with Unsquared Dance. That was Dave Brubeck with Unsquare Dance. I'm with Jason Trost, my business shaper today, and we've been talking about people and we're talking about team. You've grown your team dramatically. You've taken investment. The business has changed. It is no longer the brainchild of the 27 or whatever year old you were at the time that you did it. It's a mature business now. Does it require you to behave differently or is it just in the natural course of time you know what you're doing? Uh, absolutely, I'm. I'm constantly trying to change the the type of leader I am. I would say, you know, up until fifty people, I was quite directly involved with with everybody. Now, uh, how many is it? We're about 105 now, mm. uh, give or take. And split locations as well. Yes, yeah, so we have three offices in in Los Angeles, London, and Malta. Um, you know, just like everybody needs to evolve their own career and learn new skills, I have to learn new skills as a as the CEO. Um, so I'm I'm spending a lot more time working on trying to teach the next generation of leaders within Smarkets. Um, so that's been a big thing that I've been trying to do internally. So um, trying to find those engineers or those uh, business people that have uh, potential leadership skills and kind of work with them to teach them the skills that I know. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to go from a 100-person business to a 1,000-person business, which obviously has lots of challenges, but the nuts and bolts of it, I've never done that before. So I have to learn what's required to, to grow the business as well. Mm. I imagine you've learned a little bit along the way from the people that have invested in your business. And I note that you've got some interesting investors. I mean, mm. Passion Capital is in there, Deutsche Telekom Venture Funds. These are these are big, well-known uh, investors in, in, in your world. Passion Capital is backed by Eileen Burbage. You know, there's real gravitas to these people. Do mm. they help you? Or Absolutely. Is it, I mean, they're not just passive investors, I imagine. No, Passion in particular, they're, they're all startup people. So the three of them, Robert, Eileen, and Stefan, they all have a very good startup. Uh, background. So Robert's on our board and he used to work at QXL, which is a publicly listed company and has tons of experience. He was CFO for that. Eileen was an early eBay and Apple employee and Stefan uh, was involved with Last.fm and uh, Ricardo, which was an online auction site similar to eBay. Um, so all three of them have amazing uh, entrepreneurial experience and, and have been very helpful along the way. What's been the most important thing that they've given you, do you think, uh, in the time that they've been involved with the business? Well, because they all have startup experience, they gave me license to make mistakes. And so uh, there were many, many dark years of this market's history. You know, we didn't have very much revenue. We were seven employees. We were struggling. We were going up against big, uh, well-funded competitors. And and they never panicked. You know, even when, when things were really bad, they never panicked. And they would uh, they would say, it's okay. This is part of startup life. And they're very supportive with that. 
Stay with me for my final chat with Jason today. Plus, we'll be playing a track from the vocalist Sarah McKenzie. That's coming up in just a moment. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. The lovely voice of Sarah McKenzie with one jealous moon. I have Jason Trost with me just for a few more minutes. I'm going to try and use them really smartly. Jason, you you talk about um, the business growth and you talk about the bumps and all that stuff. Is the money important to you in all this? I mean, your revenues are looking good. They're much better than they were, obviously, a few few years ago. But does the revenue bother you? Does your personal wealth bother you? I mean, these things are important, but how important are they to you? Yeah, I mean, I I would be lying if I said, you know, the money doesn't have some importance um, because, you know, it it enables you to do things. But, But... in that vein, I, the money is more important because it enables you to build a meaningful business. And so the fact that we've been so profitable the last few years has given us uh, a pool of cash that I can invest to help bring this idea of event markets to the mainstream. And so it's the, the success in the business is more important because it, it enables us to get to the next level. And you personally, is your journey about just making this, the, as you said, a thousand people, not a hundred people, a X hundred million pound business or a unicorn or whatever you want to be? Or is it about stopping at a certain point when you feel comfortable that you've, you know, done enough? No, I, I'm I'm extremely ambitious and, and I want to, you know, I think the challenge of working on a globally interesting, uh, adventurous tech company is such an such an big opportunity for for myself and for markets that I want to get into other industries. I don't want to just do betting or event trading. I want to do other industries within markets. And so I'm really excited to, after we start to make bigger inroads into betting, to start looking at another industry. Like what, for example? Like uh, fintech in general. So insurance is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, There's a lot of uh, similarities between sports betting and insurance. Uh, you might not think that, but it, they're they're both binary options at the end of the day. Uh, traditional banking, other traditional finance, um, some some areas like that. Well, watch this space then. Um, it's been really nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and for thank you for not putting me in a headlock. <laughs> that was appreciated right from the from the get go because yes. you you know you look quite quite stocky over there. Might give me a run for my money. Um, just before I let you go, Jason, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? My song choice is "Rose Rouge" by Saint Germain. Um, I don't know if this is on your notes, but I used to be a disc jockey. I didn't know that at university, and and this is the song that I use for my outro. I People was, will suffer. I, was, I wasn't informed. <laughs> Where, and how old were you when you were? W N U R and in. In Chicago, I oh, go on, give me the. This is, how did you introduce the program? Let's let's hear that. Uh, I don't. I to be honest, I can't remember. But I, this was my outro song, um, okay. and I had a political talk show at one a.m. on Tuesdays. <laughs> the four people that listened were very yes. were very grateful. I had to a call-in show. I had to, I had some nutters call in. It was good fun. <laughs> so this is the outro. So yes. we're going back in time. Back Listen, in time. here it is for you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you.
That was Rose Rouge from Saint-Germain, the song choice of my business shaper today, Jason Trost. We found out he was a DJ, amongst other things. Loving people with intellectual curiosity, important to him. Competitive nature, which started when he was a wrestler way back when in America. And that belief as an optimist that he always thought there was light at the end of the tunnel. Really, really good stuff. Stay with us here on Jazz FM because there's lots more jazz, soul and blues right through the day. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.